Tonight, direct and deadly, a Ukrainian rocket strike and a humiliating setback for Russian forces. The army barracks reduced to rubble. It is a massive attack that the Ukrainians will be very happy with. Moscow's admission and implications for the wider war. The start of a historic public viewing at the Vatican. I'm very emotional. I wanted to, to pray for him. Tens of thousands pay tribute to the late Pope Benedict. Plus the new read on artificial intelligence. It is writing better than most of my students write. The online tool engineered to emulate human responses. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Good evening, everyone, and great to be back with you. We begin tonight with a rare point of agreement between two feuding rivals who are starting this year just as they ended the last at war. In a highly unusual admission, Russia says it has suffered heavy battlefield casualties. Ukraine admits to the strikes. 63 of its soldiers killed when Ukraine's forces fired powerful American-made rockets targeted at an occupied city in the eastern part of the country. Kyiv claims about 400 Russian troops died. Either way, it is one of the deadliest attacks yet on Russian forces and exposes lethal strategic mistakes by Moscow's military. CTV's Judy Trin starts us off. The deadly aftermath of a New Year's strike on Russian barracks in the town of Makivka. The troops were housed in a college dormitory next to a stockpile of ammunition. They were stupid enough to also station uh, their ammunition, uh, the stock of ammunition. So when the rocket hit the target, also the ammunition exploded. The Russian soldiers were likely new conscripts. The Russian soldier is nothing more than sausage meat to them. Uh, their cannon fodder. CTV's military analyst says it's unusual for the Kremlin to say anything about attacks. But because of the size and the number of killed, they've actually said something. It is not 63. It's well north of 63, but probably south of 400. It is a massive attack. This latest offensive was executed using HIMAR missiles supplied by the U.S. The satellite-guided weapons can hit targets 80 kilometers away and has helped Ukraine cut off supply lines to Putin's troops. In his nightly address, Vladimir Zelensky said Moscow plans a prolonged attack using drones supplied by Iran to exhaust the Ukrainian people, their air defenses and their energy sector. In Kyiv, some people ushered in the new year by taking shelter from bombardments, then retrieving memories from the rubble. We were building this house for five, six years with our salary. What can I say? They are beasts, says this 73-year-old man who found the body of his daughter-in-law in a crater where his house once stood. Military analysts estimate 100,000 Russian troops have been killed and approximately the same number of Ukrainian soldiers have been killed or injured. But that number doesn't include civilian casualties. And Omar, more than 10 months into this war, a ceasefire remains distant. An incredibly tragic start to the new year, Judy. Thank you. Tens of thousands of people converged on St. Peter's Square today to pay respects to Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. 
lying in state before his historic funeral on Thursday. CTV's chief international correspondent Paul Workman reports from Vatican City tonight. In the darkness of nighttime and with little ceremony, Pope Benedict's body was taken from the monastery where he died along the quiet streets of Vatican City and through a back entrance into the splendor of St. Peter's Basilica. Santa Maria, salus Dressed in a red mourning cloak and bishop's mitre trimmed in gold, his body carried solemnly by ten papal assistants in white gloves. To a place of honor in front of a main altar where he once celebrated mass to begin three days of lying in state for the Pope who dazed the Catholic Church a decade ago by retiring. Outside in St. Peter's Square, the devout, the curious, and the passionate began lining up early in the morning, drawn by the significance of a Pope's death for reasons both spiritual and historic. I appreciated very much uh, this Pope uh, when he was alive, and uh, I wanted to, to pray for him. When I came to Rome as a student, I... Hannah O'Connor grew up in a Protestant American family, now lives in Rome, and counts Pope Benedict as a major influence. And his works in theology were helpful in becoming free as a person and uh, becoming Catholic. By day's end, tens of thousands had filed patiently and somberly past the body, pausing for a few seconds to reflect or offer prayers, with a great many lifting their phones in a more modern ritual. You know, you actually see him quite close, was quite something, so uh, that was quite touching to, to, to see it. Did you say a prayer for Benedict? Yes, I pray. My, one of my prayers is that he become a saint. Thursday's funeral mass, led by Pope Francis, will be especially momentous for the church, the first time in its long history that a pope will be buried by his successor. Pope Benedict left instructions for a simple funeral, if that's possible, considering it will take place in the grandeur of St. Peter's Square, with burial in the tombs below Omar. Paul Workman at the Vatican tonight. And almost 10,000 kilometers and an ocean away, a poignantly similar scene as thousands lined up to pay their respects to soccer great Pele. Pope Benedict and Pele actually met each other back in 2005, just a few months after the German-born theologian began his papacy. Today, streams of mourners filed past Pele's coffin as it sat midfield at an open-air stadium in his hometown of Santos in Brazil. Pele died Thursday after a battle with cancer. His funeral is planned for tomorrow. A frightening scene on the football field during tonight's NFL game between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals, two of the league's top teams. Bills player DeMar Hamlin collapsed after taking a hit to the head. Paramedics administered CPR on the 24-year-old, and he was taken to hospital in critical condition. Players were in shock. The game was suspended. Another terrifying scene at a popular tourist attraction on Australia's Gold Coast after a horrific helicopter crash killed four people and critically injured three more. Beachgoers rushed to pull victims from the two choppers that landed on a sandbar. Police say they collided in the sky. Initial um, in inquiries would appear that one has been taking off and one has been landing. Five passengers in the less damaged helicopter were treated for shrapnel injuries after the windshield exploded when it was struck by the other helicopter's blades. Deadly floods that dampened holiday festivities in the Philippines have now claimed 
51 lives and displaced thousands. More than 8,600 people are living in emergency shelters, and at least 19 people are still missing. Heavy rains triggered flash floods in central and southern regions last week. Flooding has subsided in most parts, but many are struggling without power and water. California is bracing for another series of storms, even as it continues to deal with the aftermath from days of relentless rain that pummeled the West Coast. Here's CTV's Vanessa Lee on the dramatic rescues and the warnings. Dramatic rescues across Northern California, where first responders are wading through dangerous waters in search of survivors. He was in the water for several hours before um, we were aware that he was missing. Dozens were rescued, some stranded on top of their cars. They got to this 78-year-old man just in time, pulling him to safety. But for at least one man, it was too late. He was found dead inside his submerged vehicle. A weather phenomenon known as an atmospheric river, a band of moisture, dumped more than 12 centimeters of rain, soaking San Francisco on Saturday, making it the second wettest day on record. At least a meter of water rushed into this restaurant. We had half of us standing on these tables here and the rest of them inside. And then at a certain point, it was clear that there was nothing to do, so we decided to evacuate. The massive rainfall caused at least two levees to fail, forcing people in some communities to evacuate to higher ground. Roads turned into fast-flowing rivers, and creeks are overflowing. When you see the water moving this quick and rising like this, it's a little unsettling. Firefighters used kayaks to help this mother and her two young children. I really felt at no time we weren't going to be rescued, but it still was very traumatic. And California isn't in the clear just yet. Another round of torrential rain is expected later this week. Authorities are bracing for mudslides, rockslides and more flooding with the ground already saturated. Omar. Powerful and devastating evidence of nature's force. Vanessa Lee, thank you. Canada's largest pediatric hospital still isn't clear of the infectious software that crippled many of its critical systems last month. Today, the hackers apologized and said the ransomware attack was done by a rogue operator. But as CTV's John Woodward reports, SickKids Toronto remains paralyzed. Two of Toronto's sick kids' websites are offline, taken down because of suspicious activity. The hospital is still struggling to recover weeks after December's massive ransomware attack that delayed test results, knocked out phone lines and broke payroll systems. They're clearly hypervigilant and are monitoring their systems and their networks for anomalies, which is something they should be doing. A ransomware attack is typically one where an institution is targeted, its files are encrypted, and it can't get them back unless it pays up. But the one that happened here has a twist. The hospital didn't pay and the hackers apologized. European group Lockbit took responsibility in a post on its dark website saying, we formally apologize for the attack on sickkids.ca and give back the decryptor for free. The partner who attacked this hospital violated the rules, is blocked and is no longer in our affiliate program. Outside the hospital, people weren't buying it. Say I've really no heart especially for children who are innocent. Those so-called partners are supposed to follow a hacker's code of only attacking hospitals carefully and selectively. 
The U.S. government calls Lockbit one of the most active and destructive ransomware variants in the world, with at least a thousand victims and more than a hundred million dollars in ransom demands. At least one Canadian has been charged since the group first appeared in 2020. Observers say Lockbit has attacked hospitals in Ireland and France before. This likely isn't an act of compassionate kindness, it's more of a PR exercise to ensure that companies will deal with them in the future. Ransomware is big business. Statistics Canada estimates some $600 million was spent recovering from cyber attacks in 2021. Some of that paid ransoms. SickKid says it's restored 60% of priority systems and there's no evidence that health information leaked. As for the offer of a tool to decrypt its files, the hospital is examining it, wary the software could expose its systems further. John Woodward, CTV News, Toronto. It appears the Freedom Convoy 2.0 has flatlined. Organizers have called off plans to restage the protest next month in Winnipeg. Canada Unity, one of the groups that took over downtown Ottawa last winter, initially planned to head back to the nation's capital for a four-day protest this February. But they switched gears and decided on Winnipeg instead. Now they say it won't happen at all, blaming security breaches and personal character attacks for the cancellation. Time for a short break, but when we come back... There becomes a point when silence is betrayal. New perspective from Prince Harry on the royal family rift. Plus, Avengers star Jeremy Renner severely injured in a snow plowing accident. More revelations from Prince Harry tonight about his rift with the royal family ahead of the release of his memoir next week. Excerpts from new interviews show he touches on the themes of injustice and betrayal within Buckingham Palace, but also hints at reconciliation. CTV's Annie Bergeron-Oliver reports from London. The tense relationship between Prince Harry and the royal family back in the spotlight again. In new interviews, a fed-up Harry defends his decision to air his family's grievances publicly, saying private discussions have failed. And every single time I've tried to do it privately, there have been briefings and leakings and planting of stories against me and my wife. Speaking to 60 Minutes, Harry criticizes the Windsor family's motto, never complain, never explain. But the whole story is Buckingham Palace. Saying Buckingham Palace always complains to the British tabloids, leaking them stories, then offering up no defense of Harry or his wife, Meghan Markle. When we're being told for the last six years, we can't put a statement out to protect you, you do it for other members of the family, there becomes a point when silence is betrayal. Your Majesty, if you watch the documentary. The royal family drama has been front and centre lately, with millions tuning in to a new Netflix documentary. Why did you want to make this documentary? In which Harry accuses his family of leaking, lying, and contributing to his wife's miscarriage. From what I saw, that miscarriage was created by what they were trying to do to her. And soon, even more details about the rift will be revealed. Next week, Harry's autobiography, Spare, comes out. But now that they are out with the confines of being working royals, they feel that this is their opportunity to tell their side of the story, to say what really happened to them and how they felt about it. Despite it all, Harry told Britain's ITV, I would like to get my father back. I would like to have my brother back. But royal watchers say that won't happen anytime soon. I think the royal family want to see 
what Harry and Meghan are going to do with their lives in a positive way that does not involve spilling the beans. Now the royal family has to deal with the fallout from a pair of interviews that air Sunday, in addition to Harry's new book. And as expected, Omar, the palace hasn't provided any comment today. All right, Annie Bergeron Oliver outside Buckingham Palace tonight. Two-time Oscar nominee Jeremy Renner is in critical but stable condition after a serious snowplow accident at his Nevada home left him with what doctors call extensive and traumatic injuries. Interesting. What's he doing? I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die comfortable. Best known for his performance in The Hurt Locker, Renner went on to become an Avengers action hero. The 51-year-old was airlifted to hospital on New Year's Day. Tonight, his publicist said... Renner suffered blunt chest trauma and orthopedic injuries requiring surgery late this afternoon. A tennis legend known for her tough battles on the court revealed her biggest fight today. Martina Navratilova says she's been diagnosed with throat and breast cancer. This double whammy is serious but still fixable, she wrote. Both are in early stages with a good prognosis. The 66-year-old is one of the sport's all-time greats capturing 59 Grand Slam titles. Still ahead, Canada's controversial pilot project to help stem the tide on illegal street drugs. In just a few weeks, British Columbia will become the first province in Canada to decriminalize small amounts of illicit drugs for personal use as part of a three-year trial run. Drugs such as opioids, cocaine, and ecstasy. Here's CTV's Abigail Turner on the gains of the new policy and what some say are critical gaps. A disturbing trend in B.C. saw more than 1,800 people die from drug use between January and October of last year. And by the end of this month, the province will make a historic move in decriminalizing those drugs. It's a plan allowing people aged 18 and older to carry a combined 2.5 grams of opioids like heroin, fentanyl, cocaine, methamphetamine and MDMA in BC starting January 31st to reduce the harms associated with illicit drugs. But one advocate cautions access to safe supplies needs to be ramped up. Sure, it's less court time, less lawyer fees, less, you know, charges on the record, less um, you know, time in and out of jail, all that stuff. Sure, that's great. But at the end of the day, if they still have addiction issues and they still want to seek that supply, um, it should be a safe one. Clinical addiction psychologist Julian Summers is adamant there should be mental health and housing support before safe supply is expanded. There's no reason to be uh, optimistic that, that there's anything good that will happen. Other jurisdictions that have reported consequences of lessening legal penalties for possession of drugs consistently report that rates of harms go up. In a statement to CTV News, Vancouver police say this will not impact the way they operate. They will instead focus their energy by targeting the violent and organized crime groups that produce and traffic the harmful street drugs that continue to claim the lives of too many people. Abigail Turner, CTV News, Vancouver. One of the best young hockey players on the planet put his name in the record books tonight at the World Junior Hockey Championships as Canada played Slovakia in the quarterfinals.
17-year-old superstar Connor Bedard got Canada on the score sheet early in the game and set a new milestone as Canada's all-time leader in career goals and points at the event. He then went on to score in overtime as Canada advanced to the semifinals with a 4-3 win. They'll play the U.S. on Wednesday. Should be a game to watch. After the break, artificial intelligence rewriting our future from essays to computer code to bedtime stories. The chatbot that can do it all. When artificial intelligence went mainstream, it made headlines for beating the world's best chess players. But now AI has become so sophisticated, it is revolutionizing the way humans interact with technology and each other. CTV's John Venevalli Rao on the new tool that is trained to hold natural conversations. I asked ChatGPT a new AI to... Online, there's been plenty of buzz about it. I asked it to explain nuclear fusion in the style of a limerick. The AI chatbot some have called magical and a Google killer. First time I saw it, I got chills down to the base of my spine because it became pretty obvious right from the start that this was going to change things. For those who haven't tried it yet, ChatGPT lets you pose questions to it or ask it to write all sorts of things like a speech, software code, or a school essay. And the responses are remarkable and conversational. It is writing better um, than, than most of my students write at this point, you know, <laughs> college freshmen. So, yeah, I am impressed with that. For instance, we asked it to write an essay about the creation of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Within seconds, it spit out one that was pretty darn good. Or let's say you wanted to write a fictional story about a raccoon and a moose. It created a heartwarming tale that began with once upon a time in a beautiful forest in the heart of Canada, there lived a moose named Max and a raccoon named Rachel. You can ask it to write a poem or a play or a song. Um, it really can kind of comprehend almost any request. And then it spits out language that sounds like it was written by a human being. Developed by OpenAI, which is primarily backed by Microsoft, ChatGPT is free to use. It draws upon massive amounts of material it's read from the internet to generate responses and not just copy and paste. And while not always accurate, some find it incredibly useful. It helped this author publish a children's book in a weekend. Still, some fear it could take their job, something we asked ChatGPT about. It agreed some jobs could be at risk, but added it's important to note AI is often used to augment and assist human workers rather than replacing them entirely. If you're right for a living like I do, this is the kind of thing that could potentially keep you up at night. And unlike ChatGPT, we need sleep. John Venavalli Rao, CTV News, Toronto. Impressive, but those face-to-face -face conversations are pretty nice too. And that is a snapshot of this first Monday of 2023. From all of us at CTV National News, Happy New Year. Good night. TV National News, Canada's number one newscast.